Welcome to episode 70 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kevin Dexter. And Supergirl this week. Yes, the I thought you were going somewhere else. Where'd you think I was going? I thought you were going to apologize that we're recording this literally minutes before the Super Bowl, so we are not going to talk about the trailers this week. Oh, well, there's that too. <laughs> yeah, we decided to record this beforehand, so I, I don't know what else is going to be premiering in terms of trailers um, Let's just say uh, one's going to be good uh, if we get a Han Solo trailer. Great. Oh, that's not coming up tomorrow. That's confirmed oh, that that's God. not happening until Monday morning on Good Morning America. Oh, I think gosh. we're getting the Mission Impossible 6 trailer. Oh, yeah. I've, I heard that rumor. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we're really getting. We might get like a TV, might get a tr- TV spot for maybe Infinity War. I would think... Uh, what's, what's, oh, dead, uh, Deadpool, maybe. Oh, maybe Deadpool. I like Deadpool, and then I maybe think Infinity Aquaman War. might be too early. Yeah, I But don't DC know. usually puts stuff out really early. Yeah, we might get a teaser for Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Um, if good stuff comes out, we'll record some other little bit and throw it in somewhere. Yeah. Um, but we did get a couple of trailers this last week, though. Uh, some real. Some real, maybe some less so. <laughs> some that we wish were real. Yeah. I am super excited, though, for the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer. Yeah, that was really good. It was really good. Like, I I really liked the first one. I get that it would have been great to see... Um, what's his buckets? Who's the director? Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would have been great to see Edgar Wright's version of it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Peyton Reed... Is it Peyton Reed? Yeah. Yeah, Peyton. His, mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. It was good. I think this one looks better. I think it looks the exact same. I feel like oh, he's yeah. going to try and... Because, I mean, a lot of people speculate that you can see exactly what scenes were Edgar Wright and what scenes weren't. Yeah. Which I think is, is pretty true. Edgar has a very specific yeah. directing style. And I hope that Peyton Reed has his own way of handling that and doesn't just try and oh, duplicate okay. it. Because there's some of the scenes... Um, they kind of look like they're trying to be Edgar Wright, like the the giant Pez coming out of the back of the truck. Yeah, that that yeah. Um, but I mean, I love the the building. The, yeah, the, the building, building with the handle shrinking down into uh, a suitcase. Yes, uh, the building that is that is completely powered and uh, has its own internal plumbing system because there are no pipes nothing. or anything connected yeah. to it. It uh, he probably stole an arc reactor and threw sure. it in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, everyone, I love everyone joking about like, uh, that one guy who's working on the weekend. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to, trying to oh, no. get all chummy with the boss. <laughs> and he gets shrunk down. Yeah. He's like it's stuck inside of it. Why am I rolling? Has <laughs> that what handle been in this building the whole time? I mean, hey, it's San Francisco. Earthquakes are a problem. Yeah. Guy's probably freaking his shit out. <laughs> no, I, I like Would that. Would he know if he shrunk? Because everything around him stayed the same. Um, I guess you would probably Feel, Probably feel something. Feel something, yeah. So this, I guess, starts to throw into question of, like, at what level, like, how effective... I mean, I guess the way that... Yeah, I guess everything inside the container... Yeah, so yeah, he, like, he would feel something weird, but nothing would feel different to him until he looked out the window. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it does raise an interesting question of what's the limit of the effect of the shrinking technology? Because obviously, like, everything inside the shoot, suit shrinks, but when they shrink technology, too, it's just like all the components also shrink down as well. Mm-hmm. So would a person inside of a building also shrink? I guess the answer must be yes. Let's, yeah. just, let's assume it's yes, because when he shrinks it down and rolls away, it's not like the, it's like seeping blood. Right. And um, also like all the desks and stuff inside. Yeah, every, every object inside of it would shrink down too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it looks like they're gonna do some pretty clever stuff. I like love everything that has to do with the wasp in it. That looks really awesome. Yeah, uh, I like like it's like, a car chase where they like are shrinking down and growing as they go along. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's pretty gonna be pretty clever. Yeah. So I guess it's a good point. Maybe it does look exactly the same, but <laughs> if it's exactly the same, I'll be fine with it because it yeah. looks pretty fun. Yeah, I, I would like to see them push it a little bit more. Um, but, but yeah, I think that the big question about this is where do you think this is going to take place in the timeline? Well, um, so I've heard rumors this is pre-Civil War. No, post-Civil War. Oh, because he grows. You're right. Yeah. yeah well, no, but it's also in the trailer. He's like, oh, if I had asked you for help when I went to go. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. when, when Cap asked if I'd asked you, would you have come along? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. so post-Civil War, do you think it's pre-Infinity War? It has to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, because Ant- Ant-Man's in Infinity War, right? I think so. Well, I know that the Wasp is in Avengers 4, but I'm assuming they're in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, it's. I'm going to go with... Uh, yeah, I think the only thing that matters really is post-Civil War and pre-Infinity War. I don't know where it would fall in the timeline mm-hmm. in regards to, like, Thor. That doesn't matter with Thor because it's yeah. off-world, but even then... Well, I mean, th- it's also the same thing with the first Ant-Man. It's kind of in its own realm of it. Yeah. Because it came out after Ultron. And it's... Yeah, and we see it's it after Ultron. But it had nothing to do with Ultron. I mean, right. I, there was no, nothing that connected it to the timeline of Ultron. No, other than the fact that they're at the... The new Avengers The new place. Avengers yeah. I think, did they make some comment about dropping... A city. I feel like there's a line in there about I that. I don't remember. I'm, I'm doing my, I'm going to do my marathon kind of the week before Infinity War. Dear God. It's not going to be like last time. I'm not going to. It's going to be worse? Because well, there's like twice as many? Yeah. Because I think what, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is number 20, right? Uh, yes. Listen. Yeah, because our list is has, no, it'll be 21. So. Because right, we're at 18 right now. So does that mean that Infinity War is 20? I think so. Let me check my list. I have my list of, of rankings. Oh, okay. I've never bothered to sit down and do a, a ranking at this point. There's too many. Like, oh, no, no. Ant-Man will be 20. So we're at 17 right now. Oh, yo. Yeah. Goddamn. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I know. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it, though. Oh, absolutely. It looks fun. Did you see the news that they're going to do a Metropolis TV show in the style of Gotham? <sighs> That's all about like God damn it. It's seemingly it's about Lois Lane and Lex Luthor either at odds with each other or teaming up together to like study like the burgeoning paranormal like metahuman element in Metropolis <sighs> pre Superman. All right, whatever. You know, so it's basically just like Smallville, but but without Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. And it's it's if like, if if I'm they get Michael Rosenbaum to come back. Then I'll okay. Watch you know it. what? I agree with that. Actually, if they yeah, if they <laughs> he if they, won't. If they brought, he would never. No, if they brought back Michael Rosenbaum and Erica Durant, mm-hmm. which they would never do, I would watch it. Yeah, because I really loved both of them and have them both play like college age. Oh, as they have Look them play the ex- each other, I want to see Michael Rosenbaum play, play Lois Lane and Lois. Yeah. I, I could see Erica Durant doing a nice like Machiavellian, crazy, looser sort of thing. Yeah, and if you've seen Sorority Boys, Michael Rosenbaum looks alright as a woman. I've not. You haven't seen Sorority Boys? No. Oh, we gotta it watch it. It sounds great. I mean, it sounds terrible. No, it sounds great. But it's actually really damn funny. <laughs> you don't have to check me for a word on this. I, 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 I trust you. We'll watch it at some point. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of. It's not as good as Fired Up. But it's that same sort of vein of like this movie should be terrible based off the plot. Oh, okay. But it's actually really damn funny. Mm-hmm. At least it was funny when I watched it many years ago. Okay. There's a dildo fight. It's great. Amazing. <laughs> That's all you want out of a good quality film. <laughs> 
That is, really. Yeah, so I got that show's probably gonna be terrible. I know I won't watch it. I don't watch Gotham. I can't. It it hurts no. my soul. I have uh, a former coworker switched over to WB, and his first project was cutting commercials for for Gotham. Oh no! And I was just, I just started laughing. Oh no! I feel so bad for him. Yeah. He did get, he did get to go to the Black Panther no Black Panther Black Lightning premiere, which is cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about that. I so far. I just watched the first two episodes yesterday. Okay. Uh, it's pretty good so far. Okay, cool. Is that gonna be in your plugs later? Uh, it, it can be. Oh, okay, I so forgot talking, to write that one down. Okay, we can talk about it later in, in plugs. But yeah, I, I'm curious what you said about that because it mm-hmm. it looks good. I just it I just there's too much to watch now. I can't do it. I know. Um. Can, Other, we, can we talk about the fake news? Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, the, the news I, wa- I want to be so real. Okay, tell us, Cameron. Spin uh, us a yarn. So there's there's a rumor and then a trailer. I'll talk about the, tra- the trailer first. It makes more sense, yes. Yes. Um, so for the people who haven't seen, there's a trailer for a movie called Dundee, mm-hmm. uh, which is the son of Crocodile Dundee, do you know played who? by uh, Danny McBride. Hmm? Oh, so do you know who played the original Crocodile Dundee? Uh, no. Paul Hogan. Right, yes. yeah. Because he... he produces quote-unquote produced this film yeah because there's no director listed at the bottom of the credits but he's tacked down there at the bottom as yeah producer. yeah uh so the trailer is danny mcbride chris hemsworth liam hemsworth margot robbie ruby rose hugh, hugh jackman. jackman huge jackman yeah mm. um and uh someone oh um uh fucking andy not andy circus um who who's the, who is the villain oh russell crow russell crow yeah People often get their Andy Circuses and Russell Crowe's confused. I, you know, I was I was just shooting for Australia. Yeah, I, Russell Crowe must have done mocap at some point, right? He must have done it for. I didn't see the Mummy. Did you see the Mummy? I did not see the Mummy. Wow, that's amazing. I have standards now. Wow, it, the Mummy is the only thing <laughs> below it. <laughs> that oh oh man, I mean that is the, maybe the most insulting thing anyone's ever said about the Mummy. I know. <laughs> He must have done mocap for that. Just the idea of Russell Crowe, just grumpy old Russell Crowe in a bright green mocap leotard. It just brings me joy knowing that may have happened at some point and that someone was there on set to see that happen. Yeah. It was kind of like uh, with um, Tintin. Oh, I guess yeah. the first time that Daniel Craig met Steven Spielberg. No, it was, was it Spielberg? I mean, he, yeah, it he was, made it with Spielberg, but it was somebody mm-hmm. else. It was some other really famous, like, big actor that he really admired. He was... On he the was set of the, yeah, so he was wearing like the, the mocap suit. That's great. <laughs> yeah, James Bond in a mocap suit. Oh, it's so good. Doesn't look that bad. No, he looks good in everything. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? My God. Um. So this trailer, the dialogue feels horrible but lovely. Yeah. Um. And unfortunately, the news came out that this is a setup kind of commercial for a bigger commercial that we're probably going to get during the Super Bowl. Yeah. What a lot of people think is just a commercial for Australia. Probably. It might be like Tourism Australia. So, because if, if you stop and watch the trailer, for me, there was a number of things that gave away that was probably fake. One is the sheer number of people in there. Mm-hmm. That would be an absurdly expensive movie, uh, one. Two, it would be impossible to schedule because mm-hmm. everyone in that has very, very busy schedules going on. And just the way it was done to... It was a lot of individual set pieces. Yeah. Like, every character only appeared in one, like, set, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, for, one Except scene. for Dan McBride and, like, Chris Hemsworth. They appeared in a few things. But everyone else is just, like... Mm-hmm. And it's just them 
it's pretty static all the way through. It's just like, okay, yeah, this is probably fake. But I want everyone wants it to be real. I mean, it looks amazing. And it looks like, like so much fun. I mean, who knows how these crazy things happen, right? Like we eventually got a machete movie out of the fake two. trailer. That's true, we got two of them out of the fake two trailer machete. from Grindhouse. So you never know. Like the world works in weird ways now. Someone's gonna be like, Wow, that's got a lot of buzz actually. Maybe we should go ahead and just make that Crocodile yeah. Dundee reboot. But clearly it's gonna be five years from now when no one cares about it anymore. No, of course. Because yeah, nothing works in the timeline. Like fashion, the emoji so. movie. Like, I mean, did anyone ever care about that though? Uh, was there ever probably a point, like was there five years ago if someone ever cared. a point where you would have been like, Man, I really want to see this these emojis in a feature film? No. No. I mean, they almost sold me. The the Patrick Stewart playing the poop emoji was that their is true. biggest selling point. I think I feel like the way to approach that, though, is to just watch a compilation of his scenes. <clears throat> I was going to say the whole that. Movie. It's kind of like how you don't need to go watch, um, uh, what was the Cohen? Oh, Hail Caesar. Just watch the trailer that has the great Ray Fiennes scene. Yeah. That's all you need. That's the only good part of that whole movie. Mm-hmm. Just watch that in your set. Uh, I have one final piece of news that we'll, right. we'll speed through really fast, because it's more of a rumor news that I want to be so true. Okay. Um, there is a video game from the 90s called Duke Nukem. Have you ever uh, played a Duke Nukem game? Hmm? Have you ever played one of them? I have. I've never played one. Yeah. Um, there. This is a this is a franchise that is consistently years behind, like the the hype. Mm-hmm. So there was the Duke Nukem game in the '90s, which was huge. Everyone loved it. It was the first like, it was it was kind of trailing behind Mortal Kombat, where like games can be gritty and like targeted for a more adult audience and it's because you know duke nukem is like this badass guy yeah pees wherever he wants and he's always drunk and you actually like see him drink on screen which was like a very big thing for video games back then yeah um the sequel came out like 18 years later and no one cared about it and so now it's back in the news and it still looked bad yeah now it's back in the news because there's rumors that john cena might star as Duke Nukem in the film franchise. I could see that working. Because you know we need, Chris, what? more movies based off of video games. Hey, to be fair, I don't think... Mm. There's no way to end that. Well, I was going to say Jumanji, but that's not... That's, that's different. That it, that's kind of like Scott Pilgrim or Wreck-It Ralph. It's a, vid- it's a movie about a yes, video game. that is very different. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, because we have yet to have an actual good movie Based off of a video game. I think I've, I've thrown this fact out once before. Do you know what the highest rated video game... Yes, thank you. Yeah. 40%. 40%. Hey. Nah, never mind. So we've got Tomb Raider coming along. It's probably not going to be very good. We have Tomb Raider coming out, and then... I'll see it. It's probably not going to be very um, good, though. There's another... Uh, Rampage is also coming out this year. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't even watched a trailer for it. And then it, Ready Player not... One is, is kind of... It's in the, closer to the realm of yeah, Scott Pilgrim. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's not based off of a video game property, mm-hmm. but it's going to be about video gaming. And I feel like that's been the trick, right, all the way through, is it's... You can't... Re- I don't know why... I don't know why that transition doesn't work. There was, there was a really interesting video essay I saw about this a few months ago that I, I wish I could remember what it's called. I feel like you may have mentioned... I feel like I may have... Plugged, you may have plugged it before, actually. Okay. So I think I watched it, too. Um, the, the, their big point is the problem with watching a movie based off a video game is just as exciting as watching your friend play a video game. Oh, like, yeah. There's the, the whole point of games is the interactive, interactiveness yeah. of you are the character. Yeah, that's <clears> true. And when you're just watching the character move around and you have no say in it, 
it's much less exciting. Well, and that also helps explain why the movies that are about gaming that have that sort of meta analysis mm-hmm. are good because we can all look at that going, oh, that's what it's like to play a game, not like, oh, I remember when I played this, but I had more fun when I was actually just playing it. Yeah. Versus like, oh, yeah, this is making a comment about what it's like to be playing a video game or what that structure is like. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love, I would love for a good video game movie. Like, I, I'm waiting. Uh, yeah. I just... I feel like we need, there has to be like a, a, a next level of technology. Like, because I, I always talk about um, uh, choose your own adventure movies, because mm-hmm. I would love for that to happen. It'd be super expensive. I feel like it's going to probably happen in VR, would be my guess, right? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's already, uh, in France, there's a VR TV series with yeah. the choose your own adventure. Yeah, because we're, we're getting there. So I was doing some research on Sundance the other day, and there were two really big VR projects that sold there. So mm-hmm. I think that is kind of the next wave coming. We still haven't gone to the Star Wars VR thing. I know. Damn it, we need the to do void. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think once we get to that point where you can have a full movie that's a choose-your-own-adventure, it doesn't have to be, like, super extensive. Like, have, like, six decisions throughout a, an hour-and-a-half movie. Yeah. That's actually a lot. Five decisions in an hour-and-a-half movie. Um I think that is what you need to make a video game movie feel good. Yeah. Uh, and also people who can write it and it's and not just bank off of the fact that it's based off a video game. Well, I mean, if they were to do kind of like what Telltale does, right? Where it's mm-hmm. as you go along, decisions impact the storyline exactly, where the yes. characters stay or go. You just do that, but you do it on a film level project. I know Soderbergh just did something, is it Mosaic, that he did with... HBO, which is kind of, it's not VR, but it's this kind of, it's that storytelling idea. There's some, an element of like, choose your own adventure. Okay. You choose how things progress. I listened to an interview with him, but I'm not sure exactly how it works. I haven't tried it. But I think all those things are eventually going to merge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would, the first few probably won't be great, but at some point we're going to end up with a really good version of that. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's, I'm, I'm so excited for that day. Yeah. I'll chuck my Xbox One out the window. <laughs> I'll go buy a PlayStation. There you go. They seem to be the ones who are actually closer on the VR thing. Mm-hmm. And also that Xbox One's a piece of shit, and I hate it so much. I mean, if you want VR, you, you want a PC. You got to join the Master Race. I know. I know. I know being in in the creative industry, saying get a PC is is, is not I harmonious mean, with that statement. By all means, I should probably have a PC. I'm getting increasingly frustrated with Mac. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so, so far down the rabbit hole now. I don't know if I can mm-hmm. come out. Yeah. All right, so I have one one last little bit of news, then oh. we'll move on. Okay. So you and I talked about this before, but I guess oh, that's there's right. a yeah, yeah. bunch of DC fans that are were planning, I think it may have been foiled, to try and sabotage the Black Panther Rotten Tomatoes score because they believe that Disney pays for positive reviews because they just can't take the fact that non-DC films do better. And... I mean, obviously, we're very critical of DC films, but given the fact that we do this goddamn podcast, I think it's fair to say you and I are actually both bigger DC fans than Marvel fans. <clears throat> oh, I always consider myself a DC fanboy. Yeah, I have my whole like bookshelf is all DC comics. Same. Um, DC I, and indies. Yeah, DC and indie comics. I much prefer DC comics. Like, I really wish that DC would put out a like um, an unlimited sort of thing. Cause I, there's so many things I want to read. Mm-hmm. Actually, real quick, I want to do a shout out to someone on Instagram. Uh, I believe it's Cameron Miller. I know Cameron. Hopefully you're listening. I'm not sure if I actually got your last name right or not. But he was nice enough. Millar. He wrote, what? This Millar. Millar. Yes. He was nice enough to write to me after I put out a request to explain like the Batman continuity from the last few years. <laughs> and he sent me this long list of basically how you go from like Grant Morrison through Scott Snyder into like Tom King, and he laid it all out. And it was I somehow missed it in my Instagram for a long feed, but it's really really sweet of him to do that. So now I got to try and track that stuff down. So thank you, Cameron, for doing that. Thank you. Um, not you, Cameron. I said thank you. I didn't Not say you're you welcome. Can't, right? 
<laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, so we're bigger DC fans, but let's face it, Marvel makes better movies. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they just they make better movies, and that's not necessarily the faults of the creatives. It's a lot of the faults of the like the overall structure of the company. Right. Um, but this is bullshit to try and go through and tank Black Panther because it's not DC and because the DC movies are terrible. I know. And I feel like this is a an online trend that became popular with Star Wars Battlefront 2, mm. where people were like, oh, we can determine the ranking. And if we, if we have the numbers, we can change the ranking of anything. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've seen, but Star Wars Battlefront 2 is now the lowest rated game of all time. See, that's... Uh, uh, which is hilarious, because it's, it's, like, it's a fine game. It's, it's hilarious, just, yeah. It's probably fine. I haven't played it. It's one aspect that people hate, and it's a big thing to hate. It's yeah. the microtransactions. Right, but that's also systemic of a broader problem with gaming and not just right. that title. And there's there's obviously other issues <clears throat> with that title, too. Mm-hmm. And it's also it, a big issue with the, the lead company, because it's an EA game. Yeah, and that's EA true. EA is, 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 is doing great. But yeah, this... Not, is not making fans happy right now. No, it's, it's... So it's... I don't know. It's just really bothersome. I mean, there's probably also... Yeah, it's it can't be coincidental. This is also the first black superhero. Mm-hmm. And this is happening too. It really, really bothers me. But there is something cool coming out of it. And so this started a while ago. But basically, there's a whole bunch of GoFundMe campaigns to raise money so that kids get to go see Black Panther, mm-hmm. right? Because like you and I are both white guys. All superheroes look like us. Right. Like I I still really want there to be more queer stuff in superhero films, but that'll happen eventually. But so this idea is like be able to take kids to go see a movie so they can see someone who frankly looks like them and who mm-hmm. like represents them and feels like them on the big screen. So I was trying to track down, I'll come back around to this and plug to the end, trying to track down one of those Kickstarter campaigns that seemed to be pretty legit. And I think I found one that also works with an uh, organization called A Place Called Home. So it's based in LA. Okay. So I'll get more details in the end, but so I'm, I'm going to end up donating to it, but it's just a way to like get kids to go see it because it's a really awesome thing. That's awesome. And I'm super excited for that movie. Me too. And I'm excited that people are excited for that movie. Yes. So. All right, the uh, the highest what is it? It's the highest pre-sale movie of all time. Minus certainly, Star Wars. I think certainly Marvel. I don't know about I, all I time. I think yeah. But. I think Marvel. Yes. Yeah. I want to say all time minus Star Wars. Yeah, probably because that you, that one's not fair. I don't know if we'll ever beat the pre-sales of Episode Seven. I don't think you possibly can. I mean, it's it was a. I bought my ticket three months in advance for that you movie. You had to. <laughs> yeah. You had to. Yeah, I mean, it was a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if we'll ever see something quite like that again. Uh, no, probably not. No, because it was something that everyone thought was dead. They came back around. Mm-hmm. And they I, ended on such a sour note as well. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, maybe it's for the best. Like, oh. Yeah. Shazam. Just going to be it. All right, so I think we uh, I'll step down off my soapbox here and let us finally get around to talking about Supergirl. <laughs> yes. Um, so I... Love Supergirl in the DCAU. This was, like many other DC characters, kind of my entry point to mm-hmm. her. Same. I actually haven't read a lot of comics involving Supergirl. Like, I've, I've, I've except for the Superman, Batman, Supergirl title that reintroduced her in 2004. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot that I've read with her. Um, but so this version is the version that most people know, which is Kara. Well, actually, this isn't Kara Zorro. Right. Yeah. That, that was, that was what kind of messed me up, Mike, because usually they're cousins. And this one, yeah. she's from a sister planet. Yeah, so the, the, whole, the whole setup for that is weird, because basically Superman goes back to the destructed area where Krypton is left. Um, fun fact, did you know that there was a deleted scene from Superman Returns all about that? Yes, you've mentioned that before. Yeah, I, I think there's like some deleted scenes that are on the DVD and there's some previews. I've also read the script. It's really a shame they cut it out, because I think it would have thematically tied it a lot more together. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of see from a plotting reason when they cut it out, but it would have been a really interesting sequence to see. It was even in the first teaser trailer. There's a shot of like the ship going through the... Oh, I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, it's a great teaser. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he goes back and Krypton's gone, but yeah, he discovers this sister planet a ways away called... Mm-hmm. Uh, the, well, he... Argo. Yeah, I guess Argo. So he gets he goes, a distress signal right. from the outskirts of the solar system. Yeah, so he goes to this place called Argo City and he comes across a, a scientist who basically says that after Krypton exploded, it knocked Argo out of its orbit. And the whole planet started to freeze. Mm-hmm. And a few of them tried to stay alive for a while, and they went into hypersleep or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, hibernation. Hibernation, yeah. And the only one to come out of that is this girl who ends up being Kara. Mm-hmm. Superman brings her back. So then they, they go back to Earth, and then we basically cut straight to her flying around. And maybe the best music score it is great i've heard in this series yeah no it, it is a fantastic it, oh my score God, i was sequence. so just like happy listening to that yeah song. And it, i mean it's a good you know they they kind of dwell on it for a bit but i think rightfully so like mm-hmm. it is a great sequence of her flying around kansas i think the animation's pretty solid there mm-hmm. the music's great she i think maybe more so than superman ever really is embracing how awesome that is that she has these powers and right. she's be outside and enjoying them Cause, yeah because superman always <laughs> talks about it almost as a burden yeah of, like i have to do this and Kara, Kara is just like excited to be alive. Right. Like excited yeah. Oh, yeah, to, to have course. the opportunity. Yeah, because that's one of the big differences is she would have been alive to have seen the planet get destroyed and see her entire family get killed and mm-hmm. this whole thing just go completely messed up. So I can understand why she'd be so excited. I also kind of felt like they just skipped a lot yeah. here. I mean, so beyond the fact of getting her back from the destructed remnants of Krypton to Earth and getting her settled in, it's just like why can she fly all of a sudden? I feel like they missed like the like the one year later time card. Yeah. It's because it does seem like a lot of time has passed, a lot of stuff has passed. Because she's also like very connected to the parents already. Yeah. She feels very settled in. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked some more time of her getting adjusted to this. Yeah. And like kind of going to that transition point of going from grieving to starting to like embrace her new home world and I I agree with parts of that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, <clears throat> kind of every story we've had of an alien coming in, we've already seen the adjustment period because yeah, there was I guess um, that's fair. there was the the two people at the beginning of this season. Oh, Jaxor and Mala. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, there were them, and you got to see her like adjustment period. It was brief, mm-hmm. but you, you're it was right. Still, I kind of forgot about that. Like yeah. getting used to Earth, getting used to powers, and like every iteration of Supergirl we have outside of that is the same story yeah uh so i i did enjoy that it was like someone who was just happy to be there no that's fair um what why do you think that she already has her power so quickly because like it took clark forever to get there uh i mean she was older i don't is she i assume like 16 to 18 i think she's right around there i hope 18 because at the end uh clark is trying to set her up with With jimmy Jimmy. well but i don't jimmy's probably about Around 18. I was just going to say like 17, 20 to 22. Well, he did make a comment about how he's like had enough, his fill of teenagers for the day. So I think. Oh, okay. Well, also, didn't we figure out at one point that Lois and Clark in this are like 26? Oh, that's right. Or something like yeah. that. Like they are way younger than All you Right, because she already has two Pulitzers at 26. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty or sure. 20, she, I think it was 28. It might have been 28. Yeah, she had two Pulitzers at 28. So I think Jimmy is probably a good 10 years younger than him. So okay, I think he's yeah. still a teenager. Which is dumb of him complaining about like. I, my my big break hasn't hit yet. I'm like, well, yeah, you're 18. Well, yeah, but Lois probably had her big break at like 12. Yeah, that's she, true. Probably, she probably won her first PO at 15. Yeah. So everyone else looks like a schmuck by comparison. 
Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I was kind of, I mean, I guess it's, maybe it has to do with age sort of thing. Like maybe yeah. it takes you to a certain, maybe it has to do more with like puberty sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like maybe as a kid, it doesn't work. I mean, they, they kind of did that in Smallville too. They've never really given a good reason as to why right. it takes so long for the powers to manifest. But, but it's also the same with every person that comes to earth. It's the same with the Mala. That's true. Her she powers came quick. immediately. Yeah. And, in Man of Steel, their powers came pretty much immediately. Yeah. Um, so I guess you do just have to be an, an adult or whatever for it to... To manifest. Yeah, yeah. to come into play. Because mm-hmm. So here's the other thing that I was kind of curious about. So in, in the comics, in the bulk of continuity, he she is actually his cousin, mm-hmm. blood relative. So that's kind yes. of the explanation as to why they never have a thing. Because I mean, even though they're the only two compatible, like biologically speaking, they're related, so that doesn't happen. Not the case here. Right. Which then does kind of raise the question, why do they not have a thing? I I would say age. Um, Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, he's already got googly eyes for Lois. That's true. Um, And I think because he did take her to his parents, he probably sees it as more of a mentor relationship. I guess he is always kind of looking to be a role model more mm-hmm. than he's ever looking to be I would, a playboy. Uh, up until two years ago, I would say the same thing about uh, Bruce and Barbara. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. we can no longer say that relationship. I know. Um, there was a small detail in the shot that I, I just want to bring into light because I found it very funny. Mm. It's, it's when uh, the Kents are watching the weather uh, one Al Roker is, is yeah, the voice I of the love that it was Al Roker. Uh, but he's talking about the weather in Kansas, but all the icons and he all the icons and he points to Nebraska. Oh, he does he? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, "Come on, Al, you can do better than that." <laughs> it was just a small little thing that I am like, "Do they? Do they know?" I understand a lot of like people on the coast don't understand the like the middle middle yeah. America, but like. <laughs> it's a map. Yeah, it's a map. You I know, guess, Kansas is the middle. It's the easiest one. It's yeah, the middle. I mean, I guess if I if you were to put a a map of the United States in front of me and it didn't have the states and you said point out to Kansas, I could probably get pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. But I might miss and hit Nebraska. <laughs> and you could just sit there and judge me. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess that's a good point though. I guess it is nice we kind of get just straight into her being there, and all she wants to do is to be a hero mm-hmm. like Clark. Like she's itching to do it to the point where she basically just follows him out to Metropolis to go try and Fight figure it out these about hoodlums, the hoodlums of inner gang. Um, One of which I was going to say, did you catch who this was? Oh, did I catch who this was? I screamed. Yeah, when I heard <laughs> one of the hoodlums named, um, oh, he had a dumb name, Trouble. Trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is voiced by by Robin from Teen Titans. What's the actor's name though? I don't know. Scott Menville, that guy. Yeah. No, a friend of mine had to point out because I'm like, why do I know this name? And he's like, oh, it's Robin. I'm like, fuck. Do you not? Could you not just hear it? I heard it. Like his I, voice hasn't changed. I knew. I mean, it's the exact same voice. I knew. I knew it, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't placing it. Okay. You know, I, I was like, is it? Um, what's the? Oh, not James Marsden. What's the the guy like the? He does. Oh, isn't his last name Marsden? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, who does? Oh my god, how am I blanking on his name? But he does like the voices and everything. Like mm-hmm. I think he played himself, like not himself, but he was a live action character in Boy Meets World, obviously, because that was a live action show. Yeah, I think he was in it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was one of those kind of people, like one of those just 
voice actors you hear Jason popping. Marsden. Jason Marsden, thank mm-hmm. you. I thought it might have been him. I was trying to place it, and like, oh, right, no, it's no. it's Robin, which I did love that he was there because he does sound mm-hmm. the exact same. It's also um, Thackeray Binks. Oh, that's right. J- Jason Marsden is. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, that's right, different, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I love, so we get Inner Gang, who's come back. And Wait, I, hold on. That means Robin, the voice of, that voice actor has been in, I don't know if he was in The Batman. If he was in The Batman, that means he has been in every iteration in every almost every um dc iteration yes um because they were in young justice so you're talking about the, uh this guy scott menville <clears throat> yeah who's the voice of robin and teen titans yes let me take, let me take a gander take okay. a gander real quick here because i know um, i think it's in it might be in justice okay League. so obviously yeah he's the uh, teen titans he's also the voice of dr octopus in mm, spider-man, Spider-Man. Because uh, there's Teen one, Titans what's Go, what's the series where he? They bring back all of the Teen Titans voice cast to be the Royal Flush Gang, and I think that's a movie. I think is that the that, Batman? I don't think so. It might be. It might also be. Uh, Flashpoint. Oh, I think you're right. Oh, hang on. Let me take a look here. Okay, so he he does the voice of Robin in like the Lego stuff, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, blah, 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 blah. Lake of Dimensions. Again, Robin. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ben 10. Oh, my God. Go faster. I'm trying to check this out. Okay. New Teen Titans as Robin. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, I'm not seeing... No, I don't think... Oh. Oh, he's Metamorpho, Batman Brave and the Bold. Okay. So that's something there. Mm-hmm. Oh, must be so exciting for everybody else who's <laughs> listening right now as I scroll through wow. IMDb. Oh, another fun fact to throw During out that I meant time. to say earlier. Um, we almost made it to Solo being 100 days out before we get the trailer. Oh my gosh. We'll be at 107 days. It's not a good sign. <laughs> uh, okay, Justice League King. He's the voice of King. Yes, so in Justice League, he's the ro- they're all the Royal Flush Gang. So it's the f- it's the same Teen Titans voice cast. Oh, are the entire Royal Flush Gang? Oh, the in um in Wild Cards, the Joker episode because mm-hmm. he's listed. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I you're knew there was right. one more, and I couldn't remember what it you're is. Right. Yeah, it's, oh. it's the whole voice cast. Oh my god, that's amazing! And it's great. Oh, what a great piece of trivia that took us way too long to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I like about this episode is it introduced us to Granny Goodness. Yes, I love Granny Goodness. Me too. Uh, did you catch who voices her? Uh, uh, Ed, uh, Ed Asner. Ed Asner, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who I've actually met and is quite lovely. Have you? Yeah. Yes. Mr. Um, Carl Fredrickson. Yes, Carl Fredrickson. Uh, and then, of course, also Papa Elf from mm-hmm. Elf. And which is um, one of Will Ferrell's best movies. It is. Uh, and what's his face from the Mary Tyler Moore show? Oh, yeah. He, well, that's why. <laughs> so that's how I met him, was that not because I was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, <laughs> but I was yes, working. Chris is actually 58 years old. At heart, I definitely am. No, I was working on a, as a PA on a show called Generation X for, you know this, but for National Geographic, and we were interviewing people who had an influence on that generation. So his character was the first divorced character on television. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's why we were, we were interviewing with him. Super nice guy. So he spawned the divorce trend of the late 70s. He did it. It's all his fault. Um, but I also didn't know this. He, I guess, granted goodness as a character is modeled after Phyllis Diller. Okay. Do you know who Phyllis Diller is? The name sounds really familiar. Yeah. She popped up in like a whole bunch of the old Scooby-Doo movies where Got it's like it. Scooby-Doo meets Mama Cass or whatever, like, mm-hmm. uh, like all these other celebrities. Um, she has this like really crazy wild look. Um, 
and for no one's benefit other than my own, because I don't think my friend Daniel listens to this, but he and I have a wrong, long-running joke about Phyllis Diller, and that's this is his photo on my phone, too. This is oh, great. that's great. That's a great photo. <laughs> She's manic. But yeah, I always liked Granny Goodness, and her whole deal is that she recruits young teen- teenagers, basically, to become killers. Yeah. Um, and sometimes she does it on Earth. She just also does mm-hmm. it on Apocalypse. So she has the... Oh, yeah. Also, we should mention uh, Granny Goodness is uh, an, an apostle of Darkseid. Yes. So I guess she uh, she wasn't born into like the higher class. Mm-hmm. She was born into what's called like, the lowlies. But she was recruited to become one of his hounds, so one of his top yeah. killers or whatever. And Elite warriors. She uh, was tasked with training a an actual hound, like a demon hound or whatever, named Mercy. Mm-hmm. And she basically was put through the Kingsman test of, like, you have to kill your dog to pass. So instead, she killed the guy who told her to kill the dog and then told Darkseid, well, I just saved you a very valuable asset. And he's like, okay, I'm intrigued by you. And then he basically instructs the dog to kill her. <laughs> So she ends up killing the dog anyways. Mm-hmm. But like that's how she earns her spot. Okay. Um, I thought that was a, a clever twist I in the like whole that. thing. But yeah. yeah, she's like, I'm not going to kill the dog. I'm going <laughs> to kill you, you ass bag. Um, yeah, so now basically Jimmy and Supergirl are trying to investigate inner gang. Because Jimmy mm-hmm. also, yeah, he wants his, his big break. He hasn't had his byline I yet. love that we finally get... It's minimal, but it's real detective work. Yeah, like actual real detective work. Because mm-hmm. Jimmy comes across a uh, an arcade token. He's yes. like, oh, we're going to hit all the arcades. Oh, the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of them. Oh, head down to Nickel City yep. and uh, try and track down the bad it's guys. It's not this one. Let's go across the street to that one. Yeah. Oh. I, I did think it was interesting, though, because so Kara shows up in disguise wearing glasses and a brunette wig, which mm-hmm. is uh, a disguise her character in the comics uses a lot. She abandons it pretty quickly, though. Yeah. And she just goes back to her normal look. Now, I guess when she introduces herself, she doesn't introduce herself as Clark's cousin. Which no, she's, he she's, will, she says intern to Jimmy. Yeah. But she says something else when she sees Clark. Um, oh, she she's like, oh, I'm like your cousin. Oh, okay. I, forget, okay. I, forget, I, forget which, I think she says she told people that she was his cousin. That's mm-hmm. when she was in disguise. But I guess it makes sense because she very quickly ends up like tearing through her normal clothes, revealing her Supergirl outfit. Yeah. What do you think of the Supergirl outfit here? I mean, this was my first iteration of it. Same. So I, I like it. It's yeah. very 90s. It is very 90s. I mean, I like that it is homemade because mm-hmm. she just appears having it. Like, Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Like, based on how she's dressed beforehand, I don't think it quite works. Like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you will run around in jeans. We have a skirt on underneath. Right. She wasn't wearing gloves, and all of a sudden she is. That's fine. Yeah. And I don't think she's wearing red boots. But it is a good look. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool, the homemade sort of thing. Mm-hmm. No, I, I've always loved it. I mean... JLU was my first introduction to Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And so this was always my idea of it. Okay. Until I started reading the comics and she popped up in like Identity Crisis and Final Crisis and all those. Uh, I didn't realize that wasn't her look. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, because her, her normal look is more like the one she has in JLU. Mm-hmm. It's basically a Superman's... It's 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 what she has in the, um, the, TV, the TV show series, as well. Yeah. yeah, it's Superman's look, but with a, like a red skirt. Mm-hmm. No, in JLU, it's still this. Um, no, no, no. Cause does she change? She does. So the episode, because the, the first... first episode, she's in this. Nope. Yes. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm pretty sure she's not. I'm pretty sure she's in the new look because then there's an episode where they jump into the future, and I thought it was even in that episode that um, John Stewart tells Superman like, oh yeah, like she's trying so hard to be like you. Look, she even changed her look to more closely resemble you. Mm-hmm. Hold on. All right, while you do that. Um, 
I guess we pretty much come to the end of the episode. Well, part one. Sorry, I'm just playing you the theme song. Well, but uh, what? I don't, I've already seen because, the theme song. No, I know, but they played the clip from the episode. I'm pretty sure she's in... I'm pretty sure you're wrong, Chris. I'm rarely wrong, Cameron. <laughs> Which is why I'm fighting you so hard on this point. <laughs> um, well, we'll cut some of this some of this dead time out. No, uh, I refuse. Okay. Uh, so the episode ends with um, three... The female furies. Yes. Showing up, yeah. And so, Very cool. Yeah, so those three are Lashina, who uh, is usually the... She's, she's the leader of the female furies after Big Barda leaves. And we'll get around to Big Barda later on in JLU. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's got those like razor-sharp steel whips that she throws around. I guess they can also shock people. Yeah. So it's her, Mad Harriet, who just... Kind of looks like there the creeper, is. but she's got claws. And then Stompa, who's got big seismic boots. Um, so then we... That's like the... The cliffhanger is that the three of them show up um, out of a boom tube. Is that in the, in the actual episode itself, though? Yes, or is that the in the first episode. Okay, because fine. Because that's her fighting uh, the giant monster. The giant monster. But then, mm-hmm. okay, so I guess it's... At some point, she switches over to the different look. Okay, fine. Fine. Yeah, that's right. I want everyone to understand. Episode 70, whatever the time <laughs> marker is for right now, mark it down. All right. Because Cameron was <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> Uh, I'll be sure to mark it in my calendar as a, an acknowledgement of my own hubris. February 4th. Please do. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. I, I was wrong about something. Um, yeah, so the, like the cliffhanger ends the female furies, and then we jump forward, and it's the, the second episode starts up, and there's a big fight between Superman, or actually no, between Supergirl and the three of them, and eventually mm-hmm. Superman shows up. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't, like, I liked the first episode, because it was set up. We got to spend a lot of time with Supergirl, with Kara. We got to spend time with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It felt a little more character-driven. The second time around, like a lot of the Superman episodes, it just became a big, generic, smashy fight. Yeah. And it's not about the characters at all. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was thinking about this. I think part of the reason that maybe the, a lot of these Batman episodes seem better is because the villains aren't so powerful and the heroes aren't so powerful that they have to be more clever in terms of how they generate conflict. Whereas Superman, they can just have it be a big, smash fight Superman gets electrocuted or hit with laser beams and he mm-hmm. gets weak and he fights back. There, There's just, one uh, thing in this that I wish they would have talked about more and I wish they would have highlighted more because okay. it's, it's there um, and it's that Supergirl doesn't know how to fight. Like Clark, I guess, trained. Yeah. Because he knows basic martial arts and he can punch really well. But Kara, through all of her fights, she never wins on her strength. She this wins because the villain messes up. Um, and everything. But she, I feel like she did one thing. What did she do that was kind of clever? She, oh, didn't she, um, oh yeah, she like did the, um, like she spun in place, like throw some flames at one of them. I think something like that, right? Yes, that was. I feel um, like she did some clever bits. That was when she was on Apocalypse. Oh, right. When she gets later when on she's getting, Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, being followed by the parademons. You yeah. know, when she's fighting the female Furies, uh, she never wins by punching them. They always knock themselves out. I guess usually by yeah. the elect uh, by the electric whip, oh. like shocking. Oh, them. that's right. Yeah, she like gets them to shock each other, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, it, and I wish they would have played that up of like her just like swinging wide. Yeah. at one point of like, oh no, I can't just rely on brute strength. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, they're coming at me. Yeah, I'm just gonna this, like this yeah. is a setup for a really cool fight. Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's Supergirl. She's more powerful than any of the three of them on their own. But they're all trained. Yeah, they've spent their entire life being trained to be very effective killers. So mm-hmm. she's got strength and power on her, like on her side. But they have three of them, and they're more trained. It would have been a really good dynamic. But yeah, they don't really 
play that into the fight. It's just punch, kick. Yeah, punch, smash. kick, miss. All right, Superman's yeah. here, and now he's down. Yeah, he gets knocked down. They take him back to Apocalypse and then strap him into like basically the exact same big circular prison rig that he was on top of the tank yep. in Apocalypse. Now I'm like, it did seem weird that we just brought him right back around to where he was before. Mm-hmm. It does kind of feel like when they were writing this that maybe they intended to have more episodes between Apocalypse Probably. and Supergirl. I feel like it needed some room there for him to like come back and have it be a big deal. But like, well, he was just here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, gets put in front of Apocalypse, or excuse me, Darkseid, yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, Darkseid, who seems so nonchalant about the whole thing. Yeah, you think Darkseid like, would be... Oh, cool, you're here. Super pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he had to retreat. He never does that. Right, he never loses. No, Superman's like, oh, yeah, if you, like, destroy Earth, that'll, like void your treaty with new gods with new genesis, with new genesis he, yeah. Darkseid's like nah won't. I'll be uh, fine. well we, we skipped over the other plot of this episode which is a great oh, callback yeah. oh it is yeah the go ahead Fleischer's, yeah. uh there is a comet flying by earth called fleischer's comic mm-hmm. comet uh wonderfully named after the original fleischer superman series yep. of the 50s uh and so dark side slash granny's plan is she has a giant magnet which is going to pull the comet to Earth, and that is Darkseid's way of getting back because he's not setting foot on the planet, but the planet is still doomed. Yeah. So he's not voiding the treaty. Did you ever see? It's a tangent, but it relates. Did you ever see uh, <laughs> the pilot for the X Men animated show that never panned out called uh, Pride of the X Men, based no. on Kitty Pride? <gasps> so. Yeah, it, I'll. I have it on VHS. I'm sure we can track it down. Does she have else. to make the entire Earth? Uh, transparent. So no, to make it pass not, through it. no, but that does happen in the comics. Okay. That's how the Joss Whedon arc ends, actually, in uh, Astonishing X-Men. What year was that? No, she had to make the... No, that's right. Uh, that was like 2004, 2005. Okay. But she had, no, sorry, I had it backwards. She had to make a massive space bullet. Okay. Intangible, so it passed through the Earth. Because there's uh, the finale of Danny Phantom is the is, is that story. Is that storyline? There's line? an asteroid coming to Earth, a, spa- a ghost rock coming oh my to God. Earth. And so he has to get all of the ghosts from the ghost world together to make the entire Earth. Uh, oh, including Vlad uh, Masters? Including Vlad Masters. <laughs> um, uh, what, what's the word? Not translucent. Um, um, intangible. Intangible, yeah. Intangible, yeah. yeah. No, so in, uh, and it's great. It, it, so in Pride of the X-Men, it's Magneto has his asteroid M, and he's going to capture a comet using magnets and hurl it towards magnets. Earth. Magnets. Using magnets, yeah. It's just... It, so. Kitty Pryde is like, it, she's the introductory character that introduced us to this whole world. It's actually pretty good. It's got White Queen in there. Okay. Um, there's an Australian Wolverine. Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman? I realize now that doesn't seem strange <laughs> given that we've always had an Australian Wolverine. But at the time, it was like, he was not Canadian. He had like yeah. an Australian accent. He's like, it, it's literally, it, it's, not a, it's not a Wolverine. It's just Hugh Jackman. It's just Hugh Jackman, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good, though. It's got actually. his prop claws. <laughs> Yeah, it's got it's got Dazzler in there. It's got uh, uh, yeah, Juggernaut, the Blob, Pyro. It's like, like all of your favorites, like X Men and uh, and Brotherhood. But so same same sort of plot here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, we get to the end of this, and it just descends into like, oh, it's another big thing's gonna come down, destroy the planet. Supergirl smashes the magnet. Yeah, before they I, can. I, I that was a, an interesting little twist. I guess that's true. Yeah, of, she's like, I'll she, break it. Yeah, she smashes the magnet. Uh, but because of that, Superman now has to. Use his strength to stop the asteroid coming to Earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he does. And yeah. then part of it breaks off, and then Kara breaks it. Yeah. Which I feel like is more dangerous, right? Um, because now, because they're, they're past 
atmosphere. Yeah, if it's so now it's just millions of tiny flaming rocks. Yeah, you definitely, hurtling you definitely want to break hundreds of miles out of the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. I'm sure only like ten people died. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. By Superman standards, that's pretty good. That's actually. pretty good. Yeah, the city is only like, only partially destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> They're the Daily build... Planet is still standing, so it's a it's a victory in Superman's eyes. They're gonna build just a small monument in his honor. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like an Oscar-sized trophy. Yeah, just a little one. Like, oh. Yeah, I, eh, it's it was okay. I did notice me. Part one I loved. Yeah, I, loved I liked part, part one. Part two was kind of mad for me. I feel like there's a lot of Superman stuff too, where it's mm-hmm. like the when they stretch it out to two episodes, we get more character and more interesting stuff in one of them. And the second one's just all smashy fighty stuff. It was even the problem a little bit with world's finest towards the end there. It was a little generic. Mm-hmm. I did know something interesting though. So mm-hmm. when they activate the space magnet and the beam shoots out, it's coming from the middle of the country. It's not coming from the coast. Kansas. It's from <laughs> Nebraska. It's coming from, it's coming from <laughs> Nebraska. I think, so does that mean that in this world, in this continuity, that Metropolis is supposed to be more like Chicago? Yeah, I, I, uh, I could say that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I think my understanding is that in, if it's coming from like the middle middle, then it would be more of like a St. Louis, or maybe um, like it was, a, com- it, was, it was coming from about well, because uh, in that little circle you would have like Chicago, St. Louis, uh, like Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of where. I mean, Chicago then has, at least has water around or it. Philadelphia, not Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, but no, it has to be on the coastline because. Like they they go off to go to like Rikers Prison and Metallo like walks across the seafloor. So I think that was just an error on their part. Mm-hmm. I think it's still on the eastern seaboard. Yeah, somewhere it's across a giant lake from Metropolis, mm-hmm. from Gotham. That yeah. one. Well, I think it's the Smallville one where it's like right up. Yeah, it's, it's in, like three it's in it's, Kansas. Yeah, initially it's like oh my god, it's like a three hour drive away, and by the end of it, they're just like bopping back and forth. Yeah, rapidly all the time. It's across the street. Yeah, well, I, I live in a Smallville is a, just a suburb of Metropolis. <laughs> I live in a small apartment above a cafe in Smallville, but I commute three hours every day to my internship at the Daily Planet. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, kind of okay. I'm really glad Supergirl's here though, because like mm-hmm. her presence now means we're gonna get some great episodes. Um, like Girls Night Out is one of the best in all the DCAU, so that's coming down the line pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but so I don't. How much do you know about Supergirl in the comics? Because there's a lot of iterations of her, and they get really fucking confusing. Uh, not a lot. Okay, so the version that most of us know is Kara Zor-El, which is she's not Zor-El in this. She's what's it's like. In, uh, I didn't write it down. In Z or something like that. Um, so, but that version is Superman's cousins. That's the original one that came out in like the fifties. Mm-hmm. Like Otto Bender, who also created Batgirl. No, no, that was Carmen. Infan- San whatever. Diego. Whatever. Carmen San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Famous so the, writer slash espionage. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So, but her origin's not too dissimilar. The difference was Argo City was still part of Krypton, um, but it was. Jor-El's brother Zor-El lived there, and it was inside this like big weather dome because he was like a climate scientist. So when the planet exploded, like that chunk survived and was able to drift through space. And eventually, he like meets a woman, gets married, has a kid, Kara, and they're trying to like slowly veer that chunk of the planet, the city, this dome city, towards Earth. But it gets hit by an asteroid, and Zor-El then launches Kara out in a rocket to save her before everyone else dies. Got it. So it's similar, but it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does go by Linda Lee Danvers as like her her alias she has a brunette wig and glasses like we see in this comic yes uh she also has streaky the super cat amazing and comet the super horse 
even better. Who apparently was a former centaur. Oh, that I'm, not, I'm not sure how he went from being a centaur I'm, to a I'm super just, horse. I feel like when he landed, he like he got like severed in half yeah. on, on impact. And when the doctors came, they're like, "Oh no, this horse butt! <laughs> we need to we need to find a head for this horse butt immediately." He, yes, this human half is clearly dead. Yeah, no, they it, he he was a space centaur. Yes, he rode a comet until it hit Earth. It crashed into a horse farm. So when the paramedics showed up, they found just bits of severed horses. They assumed that they had to put the horse back together, and the upper half was just some random farmer dude. Yes. They let him die. But, but they kept they put the brain <laughs> inside the horse. That's true. They took the farmer's brain, the centaur brain, put it inside the horse. Yes. Why the fuck is there a super horse? I don't even know. But so that... I'm fine with there being a super horse. Yeah. I'm not fine with it being a former centaur. Former centaur. Then it, Now that, it gets ridiculous. Yeah. This is like a hat on a hat sort of situation, but it's like a horse on a human on a horse. Yes. Yes. So, but that iteration was around from like the 50s into the 80s until Christ on Infinite Earth, which I've never read. I don't know if you have ever read it. Uh, I own it. You I own have it, it okay. framed because I have, I have the individual issues of that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How many issues is it? 12. 12. Oh, so you have all 12 of them framed? Mm-hmm. It's like one giant frame thing? Mm-hmm. Have I never seen that? Uh, it was up and then... I got really bad frames, and I'm not allowed to hang a lot of stuff in my apartment. Oh, okay. So they kept falling. Oh, you got to get like the the command strips. I did. Oh, those didn't but work. Was it no. that heavy? Mm-hmm. Well, it was like in frame. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. I know. Oh, well. but I mean, like, so in Christ and Infinite Earth, that's when Kara dies. She like sacrifices herself to save whatever, but then she's written out of continuity. That's that famous cover of Superman holding her mm-hmm. her body. So then, which she... is then completely trumped because. Flash dies in the next issue. I know. Then he's gone. Yeah, that's when Barry Allen sacrifices himself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, but then literally the next issue. Oh my god. So then the 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 other version well, I knew was so was she Power Girl at this time? No, no. So Power Girl. I think we'll go more into Power Girl okay. when we get to the Galatea episode in just JLU. Okay. But I believe I always got Power I always got that Girl mixed up. is Kara from Earth Two. Got it. Okay. Who makes her way to Earth One mm-hmm. and joins the JSA. Yes. I think so. I think she's a JSA character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I remember there was another form of Supergirl in like the 80s and the 90s. So that one's called The Matrix. Ha. Huh. Here we go. This is a direct quote from the Wikipedia entry. The Matrix is a man-made life form made of synthetic protoplasm created by a heroic Lex Luthor of a pocket continuum. Got it. <laughs> So, Don't say anything wrong yet. Nope. And so it resembles Supergirl and has most of her same powers, but also is um, like psychokinetic, can shape shift, and then also can cloak and is invisible. So it basically also has the power set Martian of Martian Manhunter. Yeah. So the Matrix, in the guise of Supergirl, falls in love with Lex, our Lex, mm-hmm. like the normal kind of Lex, and then leaves him when she realizes he's a huge ass bag. So, but it's because of the Matrix that they explain how Clark is still alive after the Doomsday fight. So basically, Superman dies, gets buried. Everyone assumes that Clark also died in the the ensuing destruction, mm-hmm. also gets buried. And then once Superman returns, the Matrix shapeshifts into Clark, and then Superman goes and rescues Clark Kent from the rubble. And they're like, hey, look. Oh, right. Okay. Even yeah. though we both have mullets. Mm-hmm. It's not the same person. Um, so but then eventually, the Matrix sacrifices herself by saving a dying Linda Danvers and their bodies and minds and souls merge and they become an earthborn angel. Yep. Which is created when one being selflessly sacrifices him or herself to save another being who's beyond saving. 
and so hercules or yeah basically <laughs> and then so it's like most of the same power set that she has like these fire angel wings and can shunt huh? which sounds really inappropriate but it's the ability to teleport to a place you've already been once before got it so because i remember because i had in like the early 2000s like the the dk they do those like great books like like encyclopedias so i had one for dc um like marvel i had mm-hmm. one for like x-men but i remember reading yeah, I had about, the x-men ones yeah like i remember reading about the supergirl who like and seeing a picture of like supergirl in more or less the cartoon outfit but having these big fire wings like who the hell is this so i i read further on what happened to her honestly what that character's story is so crazy and convoluted even more so than how it started i'm not going to go into all of it because it's fucking insane but eventually she's wiped out of existence in infinite crisis yes so then there was always yes an, i remember that okay. okay yeah so then i always remember there was another supergirl who appeared in superman batman public enemies so the the comic story arc that directly preceded the reintroduction of kara mm-hmm. that's the one where lex luthor declares a manhunt on Superman and Batman helps them. So it was mm-hmm. adapted into a movie, which wasn't great, but the comic is great. Okay. But at one point, it seems like Lex has captured Superman and Batman in the White House. And so uh, Nightwing leads a strike team to go and get him back. So it's like Nightwing, Cassandra Kane, Batgirl, and Tim Drake Robin are like the, the, the B team, like sneaking in to try and save them while Superboy and then this version of Supergirl, along with Crypto. Yeah. yeah good old Crypto. Like are the big showy like burst the front door sort of thing, and so this version of Supergirl is in like a like a kind of dressed like Power Girl but in a black leotard, no boob window, got it, red cape, short black hair, and I always wondered who the hell is this? That's interesting because I've never seen her pop up anywhere else. I guess that character's name is Cir L C I R L, and when she appears, she claims to be the daughter of Superman and Lois Lane, and again she has most of the same sort of set of powers. Eventually, it's revealed that she's a human girl who's been altered by Brainiac to appear Kryptonian, and there's some big battle that she gets involved in, and then she's like written out of continuity once again. But it is interesting because she shows up right up until the reintroduction of Kara, mm-hmm. like the next issue, and that picks up right afterwards because there's a huge Krypton asteroid that explodes, and Kara's ship is stashed inside that asteroid. Okay. Yeah. Have you, have you read the Supergirl arc of Superman, Batman, the reintroduction of Supergirl? No. It's really good. Okay. It was adapted into Apocalypse. I think we talked about it recently. Mm-hmm. And that one, too, like, it's a very similar plot line to what we just had, where, it, but in that one, Apocalypse kidnaps her and does successfully brainwash her into being his minion. Um, but that's how we get Kara back. And I think she's more or less been back in a similar-ish iteration since then, even through the New 52. I don't know about Rebirth. I assume she's there. She seems she seems to be growing in popularity, especially with the TV series. That's true, with the TV series. Popularity yeah. a lot. And she's always been a pretty big character. So, like, she was around... They had the, like, the 80s movie with Helen Slater. Did you mm-hmm. ever see that? Mm-hmm. No, you haven't seen the, the Richard Donner's. So why would you have seen that? I remember watching... <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching that as a kid and it not making any goddamn sense. But it's set in the same universe and, like, Jimmy Olsen is the, the continuity point there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, she appeared in Smallville, which I know you have seen. I have. And I thought that was a pretty good version i vaguely remember it yeah laura vandervoort and she she also shows up and immediately has powers and she kind of gets buddy buddy with lex and clark's like no you shouldn't trust him mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff but yeah and i guess she i forget how it all happened but like she basically kind of disappears from the storylines and eventually like she's like oh, that's teleported off her. yeah because she like basically just kind of phased out and then at the end of it they like teleport into the future someplace like that i don't remember okay um and then of course there's the cw show as well yes have you watched? You did. You did. You watched I watched, I watched the first season and then like half of season two. Okay. I've only ever seen the Flash crossover musical episode, <laughs> which was just really goddamn charming. It was great. It yeah. was really sweet, but it was a lot of fun. But 
I, I love Supergirl. I think she's yeah. a great character. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited because she has great storylines coming in JLU, JL and, or just JLU. Yeah. We're kind of going into the Matrix thing. Lex has the clone of, the, the clone of Supergirl, which is her like at her peak. Galatea. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's like their version of Power Girl, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great episode. Yeah. yeah. She's in two episodes. I think, well, she's in a few of them. Yeah, because you're right, because she's in the first episode of JLU in her... Superman attire because yeah. I got that wrong and then she's in the Galatea episode and then she's in the one where they jump forward to meet the Legion of Superheroes mm-hmm. who we're getting an introduction to in a few weeks actually Ooh, yeah I look forward I look forward to the rest of season so this ends season two yes of the animated series we are kind of running a little long in this we'll episode we'll save it for next time so I think next episode we're going to start off by doing our short list of season two the actual good episodes mm-hmm. um, but season three of uh, Superman's actually looking pretty promising. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank uh, God. Yeah. So after that long chat about Supergirl, uh, what do you have to plug? Uh, I have I have two things to plug for today. Uh, there was a YouTube video by Nerdwriter who I've plugged a few times on oh, here. Oh yeah. Uh, who did a great, sh- uh, great segment on Mr. Bean and the art of physical comedy, <gasps> and it's so. Because usually when you think physical comedy in America, you always go to the 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 vaudevillians, you know, right? Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people bring up um, like Laurel Hardy and Abbott and Costello. I think yeah, um, Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. Three Stooges. Uh, a lot of people will start bringing up Jackie Chan now. Yeah, because he's he's a great physical comedian. Jim Carrey on some level. Yeah, too. Uh, but Mr. Bean, it's it's all about like, it's it's like owning the character Mm -hmm. and it's all of this like such minute decisions that he makes with all these characters oh interesting these these tiny details that just make everything he does so funny yeah um but i highly recommend it it's like an eight minute video it's really interesting i've seen i think one of the mr bean movies i need to go watch more of them because i love rowan Mm -hmm. atkinson yeah uh and then um i started watching this this okay series on hulu called casual Mm -hmm. did you ever watch that Oh, I know of it. Mm-hmm. It's a Hulu, Hulu exclusive. I remember when it came out because I did very early promotion for it. Okay. Um, but it's basically, if you if you haven't seen it, uh, take Jeff Winger from Community and just put him in a show without any charming characters. Oh, no. And that's what it is. Oh, no. So is it not good? It's fine. Like The Jeff Winger character is still funny because mm-hmm. it's still basically Jeff Winger. Yeah. Uh, but everyone else, like, no one has the charm to bring him down. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know if you remember the episode of Community where... I've only seen, like, a couple episodes of Community. Okay. Well, there's one where his uh, he gets, like... Uh, uh, he gets... Uh, what, what are the sunglasses? What, what are the sunglasses from Top Gun? Oh, aviators? Yeah, he gets, he gets a pair of aviators. And, like, it pushes his confidence, not his, his ego, to, like, another level... And the whole episode is them trying to drop his ego, but he's oh like God. too into himself. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's like that episode turned into a season. Oh, okay. It's a series. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I really like the um, the lead actress. What's her name? I don't remember. I really like her, though. She's mm-hmm. good. Popped out a few other things. I, I like her, too. She's a she's a therapist. Okay. Um, who, who recently uh, got a divorce. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and it's good. I, I'm, I'm like five or six episodes in. It's it's fine. It has okay. a it has a couple of funny moments. Okay, we're mm-hmm. checking out maybe. Yeah. Okay. If you got nothing else to watch right, right. now, right. I might go do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and uh, Black Lightning. I'll throw that in there because that's better. Oh yeah. So what? <laughs> what? Um. How? Like you watched the first two episodes, right? Mm-hmm. How were they? Um. We we can talk about it 
more you know, next episode or off air because we are okay. very long right now. Actually, no, we're just at an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's good. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it's the same point you brought up with uh, Black Panther earlier of like we being white men. Yeah. Uh, we've always kind of had the shows catered to us. Yeah, just every hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is such a different take because it's, it's not only uh, a black hero, it's also an adult, like an yeah. adult adult. That's true, yeah. Not, uh, they're not all like 25. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's a cool aspect. And he's, you know, he he's the principal and the father figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, his storylines are all about trying to get his marriage back together and making sure his kids stay safe. And mm-hmm. there's like a turf war going on in his city between all of these kind of, not in, not inner gang, but like these inner yeah, gangs. Yeah, yes. Um, and like his school is kind of at the center of it, and mm-hmm. so he has a, like a a deal with all of the all of the surrounding gang leaders that like his school is off limits. Okay. Um, and so it's kind of that battle of keeping it that way. Oh, that does sound really interesting. It's it's really good does so it, far. Does it seem like a little bit more adult than like Flash or Arrow? Oh, absolutely. And so so he's the principal of the school mm-hmm. on top of being heroes. I know he like he was Black Lightning back in the day, and then he retired and comes back, right? Yes, yeah. It's it's a nine year break between him using okay. his powers again. See, that's that's kind of interesting. Also, having him be a principal because the, all the rest of these characters they're not really role models. Like I, I haven't watched Aaron in a while, but I know he's like mayor now or something like that. They kind of transition yeah. towards that, but. Um, that must be kind of an interesting dynamic to have him both be like a role model and a supervisor to all these kids, but then also a vigilante. Cause I think yeah. I've heard that too, that this one kind of plays up the idea of him being a vigilante more. Yeah. So the so police the other shows. are like still hunting him. The, the yeah. opening shot is him looking at his wanted poster, mm-hmm. uh, which is still hanging up in the police station. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, episode two very much plays into that idea of hmm. like, he's holding a, um, he's holding a PTA meeting and there's a parent in there. It's like, why did black lightning save your kids? Cause, uh, his kids get dragged and like almost put into a sex ring. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, and so black lightning comes and only saves his kids. And so the mom is like, my daughter's still in there and black lightning didn't save her. And so she's coming to him as, as a principal yeah. of like, you are, they call him Black Jesus because he's, since he's the one that keeps peace between all of the gangs. Yeah. Like, you are the only person that I've seen that can do anything. And if, and like, I need you to do this. Shit. And so it's him, what we talk about in this show a lot is there's a good balance between principal and hero. Yeah. Vigilante. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he does try and do everything as himself first. Okay. And when that fails and then when the police fail, Mm-hmm. that's when he's finally like, okay, I'm the last, I'm not the front line, I'm the last resort. Yeah. And that's a really cool dynamic. Oh, that is really awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish the CW made it easier for me to watch their shit. I know. That's like, that's the reason I stopped watching the other stuff. And then the nice thing about this sort of is that it's not, as of yet, associated with the other shows. Mm-hmm. So you can watch it and not have to worry about what's going on in Legends of Tomorrow as well. Right. Okay, I'm gonna maybe I'll try and track that down because that does yeah. sound really, it, really good. Because it's only three episodes in, I, I okay. I've only seen the first two. Okay, all right, I think that one I definitely will try and track down because that does sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, what are you watching, listening, reading to? So mine is kind of a, a replug, but I mentioned a while ago our friends over at the Watchtower database, mm-hmm. James and Ted, uh, their podcast, the Twelfth Level Intellects. They just got it up on iTunes. Oh, nice. So before it was up on SoundCloud, and it 
I'm sure like many other people, like I mostly just stick to iTunes. I kind of would forget to go over and <laughs> jump to the other app and listen to theirs. Um, but it's up on iTunes now. I've been listening to it again. And it's it's fantastic. And I they actually reached out to see if I could help them get it all set up on iTunes. <laughs> and I couldn't because iTunes completely changed their <laughs> entire layout. It's like, God damn it. It made it so much more difficult. But it's up there and it's it's fantastic. So they do basically what we do. But they just have uh, like they each approach with five different topics for the day. Okay. talk about it and they know a lot more about the comics right. than we do I, i'm we, sure we really don't <laughs> i i don't i know a bit you know more than i do i've retained a lot from those old like encyclopedia books that i read god like 12 years ago now but enough it's kind of held up in there that i can pull some mm-hmm. stuff out randomly that's how i feel with all my cartoons yeah see you got the cartoon side of it covered yeah that's why we do this <laughs> it's a little symbiotic thing it's perfect yeah. and occasionally you prove that i'm wrong um, yeah, so go check that out. I'll put it in the, the plugs at the bottom. It's a great podcast. I highly recommend listening to it. And then the other two thing, too, is I'll put in the, um, the links for the uh, Black Panther GoFundMe campaign because um, I want this movie to do really well. Yeah, and I'm sure it will. I, I think it will, yeah. <clears throat> and everything that we've been hearing so far has been really positive. I'm sure it will be the highest grossing Marvel film until Infinity War. <laughs> until Infinity War, yeah. Yeah, that will be interesting to see what kind of box office it gets mm-hmm. i'd be curious if we can get up to because I, I think what is the highest grossing I right mean, now it's still force awakens oh no of no marvel because no, no, i mean i know avengers um, broke a billion i know iron man 3 broke a billion i think avengers is still the highest i, think the first I don't think ultron beat it I, I thought i thought avengers 3 broke it though did civil war beat it i think avengers i think the first avengers is still like the might fourth highest grossing film of all time okay yeah but a handful of theirs have broken the billion i know avengers did iron man 3 i don't think avengers 2 did Maybe Civil War, but yeah, I, I think, I, if if I remember the list correctly, I think it's Force Awakens, Avatar, Titanic, okay. Avengers. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna do. Oh, really sorry, Jurassic well. World, Avengers. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's gonna do really well, and uh, I'm super excited for it. And we're already scheduling our crossover podcast. Yes, to talk about it's it. It's finally coming back. Oh God! After a month hiatus, I know. Just a it nice... feels so much longer than that. It does. I guess well, it's I mean, two it was, months. It was two months because it was still... early December. It was early December. Yeah, but excited for that to come back around. But anyways, I think we've uh, we've talked at length at this point about many many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will leave you here. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, we can be found at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a Gmail. Yes. Um, we please are let also us know what we said wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how I'm wrong, please. Yes. I, I need my ego tampered down. <laughs> Just like what's the guy's name? Jeff Winger. I'm yeah. I'm like Jeff Winger. I bought some aviator sunglasses recently. <laughs> Bring me back down to earth. Um, yeah, reach out to us. Uh, we are now up on Spotify and YouTube. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to be reintroducing the timestamps. I stopped doing it for a long time because it's a lot of extra work. Uh, but, lazy piece of shit. Well, but someone requested uh, timestamps on the YouTube channel. Okay. And so I'm going to do it. I think uh, we've also heard from other people, too, who don't really care about DCAU, <laughs> that they'll just, like, <laughs> skip the middle. And so I'm going to make things slightly easier for them. Definitely not anyone related to me. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, do not what any I, kind of parental figure. Do what I can to be supportive of the listeners we do have. Um, mm. and, and for those of you who do reach out, uh, thank you so much. We do do appreciate it. I'm, I always say this. I'm trying to get better about responding. Yes. I'm busy sometimes. I, I, I probably should also help with that at some point. You probably help with that at some point. Yeah. But uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am at CamDexter underscore Adventures. And if you follow me, you'll see my week at Disney World, which is about to happen. You bastard. Yeah. <sighs> so so goddamn jealous. Ugh. All right. Well, but Cameron, you go off and have fun at Disney World. Thanks. Report back in a couple weeks and tell me how amazing it is. If I come back, I'll let you if know. If you come back. 
you're gonna go out there, you're gonna paint yourself blue and become a Navi, just a native Navi. You're gonna go live in the tree of life. No, I have to like get taller. (laughs) You have to grow your hair a lot longer too. Yeah, I mean, I can get a wig for that. I can't really fake height as easily. Stilts, stilts, yeah, but like I need the joints. I need to run. Well, can you just get away from them to invent that like brain swap technology? They'll just put you in a real Navi. And how happy you'll be. I just, I know, I just brain swap with someone who's like five nine. Just a little bit taller. Just a little bit. Just a little just push over yeah. the edge. Oh, my God. All right. Well, have fun out there. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, guys. I'm Better Solange. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's do it again. Start over. I'm Solange. And I'm Jessica. And this is our podcast, Jessica and Solange Take Down the Patriarchy. We break down movies from a feminist point of view to see how they uphold or take down the patriarchy. Listen to us on Nerdist School Network or subscribe to us on iTunes or you can find us on SoundCloud. We come out the last Thursday of the month when we can. Be a part of the resistance just by listening and supporting us. It's that easy. Oh, and go vote at all elections. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.